Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In this weekend's readings, we hear and learn about the power of touch, how a simple touch can change people's lives for the better. Go to the first reading. Here we are reminded of the power of God's touch from the moment of creation. It says, God did not make death, nor does he rejoice in the destruction of the living, for he fashioned all things that they might have been. For God formed man to be imperishable, the image of his own nature he made him. Well, this is referencing the story of creation, Genesis chapter 2, verses 6, in which God touches the clay. He touches and he molds the clay into Adam. And in doing so, humanity comes to life. That's the power of God's touch. Well, medical science is learning how powerful touch can be, especially to premature newborn babies. I know of a couple that is involved in what they call touch therapy for premature newborn babies. Once a week, they go to the children's hospital and they make their way to the neonatal intensive care unit. And once they get into the unit, the nurses there direct them to babies, premature newborns that have no families, that have little contact with people holding them or cradling them. Now, there's a variety of reasons for this. Maybe they've been abandoned. Maybe their parents are incarcerated. Maybe they come from a dysfunctional family. But nonetheless, these babies have no one to hold them or cradle them. And so this couple, they go to these infants and they begin the touch therapy. They gently touch the baby's face, neck, and head. Then they begin to touch the baby's arms and hands. And then they touch the baby's legs and feet. And they caress the back, gently massaging this newborn infant. Now why? Why is this touch therapy so important to the development of the child? Well, think of it. Newborns, they're used to being swaddled. You know, we lived in our mother's womb for nine months in close quarters. Therefore, naturally, we depend upon that touch to feel a sense of security and safety. Well, research supports this touch or massage therapy for newborns. If a child is cradled or massaged or touched at least two to three times a day, there are positive effects on its growth and development. Children that are cradled or held or touched, they gain weight, they sleep better, and they have improved immune system versus children that are not cradled or touched or held. Now you say, well, how is this? Well, when a child, a newborn infant, is touched or cradled, it stimulates nerves in their brain to promote food absorption so they're able to gain weight and develop. 
Also, when a child is cradled or touched, it lowers their stress hormones and improves their immune system. And so, for premature newborn babies, a simple touch is vital to them. A simple touch means everything, including life for them. Now, that's a great segue into the gospel. You see the power of touch, in this case from Jesus Christ. Here we have two people that are healed by a simple touch. But before they can be healed, what is required? Faith. Both examples of healing is predicated on faith, and the faith of the person. Notice Jairus, the synagogue official, who wants his daughter to be healed. He says to Jesus, Please lay your hands upon my daughter, and I know she will get well and live. Well, that's a statement of faith. Also, the woman who has the hemorrhages, she says to herself, If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Again, that's a statement of faith. They truly believe in Jesus, and they believe that Jesus can cure them. And so, they recognize faith is required first before healing can begin. And so, the woman with the hemorrhages, she touches Jesus. Jesus immediately, it says, he knows power has been released from him, and then he questions who touched him. Now, the apostles are dumbfounded. The crowd around them is huge, and they are inadvertently bumping him around. It's kind of like for us. We go to maybe a baseball game. We go to a festival. We're caught up in a large crowd, and we're being jostled from side to side. Well, that's exactly what's happening here. And yet, Jesus persists. He wants to know who touched him. There's a reason for that. Now, notice, the woman finds out. In some ways, it's, she's embarrassed, maybe ashamed. And so, she comes before Jesus, and she kneels down before him. But notice also, she kneels down before him and the apostles. And that's important. Why? Because Jesus, I think, wants to show the apostles what authentic faith looks like in this woman. If you look at the Bible, the story before this gospel that we heard this weekend is the story of Jesus in the boat with the apostles. Remember? Jesus is down below in deck. He's sleeping. All of a sudden, a storm kicks up. The apostles become terrified. They wake Jesus up and they say to him, Lord, do you not care that we are about to perish? Jesus comes up on deck and he calms the storm. And then he looks at the apostles and he says to them, O ye of little faith. So Jesus is trying to teach the apostles what faith really looks like. That's why he says to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And so, in some ways, it's like Jesus is pointing to the apostles. This is what faith looks like in terms of this woman. Now, Jesus, he continues on to heal this girl. Now, notice the masterful way in which Mark ties these two stories. They're not just stories about two people being cured. It's much more deeper than that. What Mark is doing, he's trying to compare and contrast people with faith versus people without faith. Look at the woman with the hemorrhage. She truly had faith. And Jesus publicly proclaims that, especially in front of his apostles. He says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Compare that and contrast that with the apostles, in which Jesus says, O ye of little faith. Well, go to Jairus. 
Jairus has faith. He says to Jesus, I know you can cure my daughter if you just place your hands upon her. That's faith. Compare and contrast that to the people in the house. When Jesus comes, he tells them that the child is not dead but asleep. And what do they say? It says they ridiculed Jesus. They made fun of him. That's why he sent them all out. And so, just as Jesus tried to teach his apostles what faith looks like, that's exactly what Mark is doing. He's trying to show us, compare and contrast people with faith versus people that don't have faith. Notice also the detail here. Jesus took Peter, James, and John into the house to cure the girl. Again, it's a teaching lesson. He's trying to teach the apostles what authentic faith looks like. It says, Jesus went into the room. He took the child's hand and said, I say, arise. And the child woke up and began to walk around. See, with that simple touch, Jesus cures that girl, just like he cured the woman with the hemorrhage. So you say to yourself, well, what does this mean for us? Well, we too receive that simple touch of Jesus Christ. Now, for us, it comes in many different forms. Maybe a prayerful moment at a retreat, or maybe at a conference, or maybe just sitting in the church. We felt this overwhelming sense of calm or peace or joy. Well, that was Christ touching you. Or maybe we look upon an event that occurred, you know, several weeks ago, months, maybe years ago, and we say to ourselves, there's no way I could have survived that event. There's no way I could have come out of that without the help of Jesus Christ. I see now Christ was present in that event. Well, that was Christ touching you. Or the best way in which God touches us is in the Eucharist. Every time we come up for communion, we are touched by Jesus Christ. Every time we come up for communion, we extend our hand and Jesus touches us through his body and through his blood in the most concrete way. But the most important part is we approach with faith. Every time we come up for communion, we come up with faith. Faith in the fact that we know what we are about to receive. We know with faith we are about to receive Jesus' body and his blood. We are about to be touched, just like this woman and the girl. And yet it all starts with faith. And it has to be in order for us to be healed. And we are healed. And we come up to communion with different illnesses, Maybe it's a lack of forgiveness. We bear grudges with others. Maybe it's our ego. Maybe it's our own self-doubt. Whatever it is, we come up with illnesses. And then we are touched by God as we extend our hand. And in doing so, we are healed. After we receive the Eucharist, we walk away. And we walk away after Mass healed of our illnesses. Just like the girl and the woman with the hemorrhages. Friends, I strongly encourage you, take some time this week, reread this gospel. This is a gospel not necessarily about healing, but it's a gospel about faith, faith and healing. Every time we come to Mass, every time we come up to receive the Eucharist, we come up with faith. And in doing so, we extend our hand and we are touched, touched by God. And in doing so, we are healed. And that's the powerful lesson. What a simple touch 
helps us to do. It heals us and makes us stronger in our faith. Just like those premature newborn babies in the NICU, we too continue to develop, grow, and become stronger in our faith through a simple touch. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.